Can you hear that? It is the sound of silence. Well, the sound of waves and birds and children Someone running else's around. Child Someone else running children around. running around. Because, listener, Lottie and I, we're here in Portugal. We're in a beautiful beachside resort and we are without our children and also our spouses. Yes, hello, bom dia, or as Stu said to the taxi driver who picked us up from the airport, <laughs> arigato. Look, I, at least I tried the language. Like, come on, you've got to give me some props for that. Yeah, I did say arigato. That is but... Japanese. <laughs> what is it again? It means thank you in Japanese. No, but what does what does it mean in what is Portuguese? You were trying to say obrigado. Obrigado, yeah. and I said arigato. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, we are here. We have a glass of rosé. Well, we Lot has a glass of rosé. Mm-hmm. I've gone and snuck a bottle of vodka Cheers. out of the local shop. Cheers. And I have a vodka and pineapple juice. My holiday drink of choice. Mm. Hang on. Mm-hmm. We're sitting here on the terrace. Here on the terrace of Lottie's beautiful room. Uh, we're looking out over the beautiful turquoise sea and feeling like having a siesta or reading a book or topping up the town but instead we've decided to record a podcast for you dear listener to make you you know as jealous as we can be (laughs) but let's face it look there's so much to say about queer family travel from advice on where to go our favorite hotels best and worst experiences of holidaying with the kids yeah to you know top tips on surviving flights oh, so useful we've all been there packing for a short haul vacay and dealing with those nosy neighbors at the breakfast yeah i think we've had a few well. of them haven't we they're like we feel like people are whispering like i think our husband's gay <laughs> well it is just you and i here i know well everyone assumes we're a couple so everyone you assumes do. you know and i'm obviously clearly gay and you're obviously i think i'm quite clearly clearly queer, queer. as well yeah yeah but yeah Proud we're obviously, tongues are wagging and we love it <laughs> um this is actually the second of three special queer family travel episodes of from gay to z and we thought it imperative frankly that as the hard-hitting investigative journalists that we are we report live from the front line of a queer family-friendly holiday resort it's a hard job <laughs> yeah i know but someone has to do it it uh, may as well be us. our families are so cross <laughs> we are here without our families uh, so so bad um and we're here at the Martinal Resort in Sages. Is that how you say it? I is mean, it, I feel like... Sagres. 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 I mean, I've said arigato to everyone here. Yeah, so I do think it's, it's Sagres. Okay. Just put a little, like, look. But we're look. in the Algarve. We're in the Algarve. We know that much. We're in the Algarve. And we selfishly wanted to spend a few days away from the high-stress world of working and parenting to relax a little and also, dare I say, start planning our new book. Which yes. more we can't say much about it now. Can't but say too much about it. It is coming soon-ish, and yeah, it's just been so nice to be here, like with you, Stu, and just like chilling out, writing, swimming, lying in the sun, and everyone's just turned off now, unless yeah. they're sitting on holiday <laughs> oh, listening to this. <laughs> but no, t- stay with us because we've got like really genuinely really good tips and really useful information for you, and it's. You know, one of the questions that we get asked a lot as queer family sort of, I guess, not experts, but like... Do not ever call no, us experts. No, we're not experts, experts <laughs> but people that 
are knowledgeable about the area of queer families. We've talked to a lot of queer families. Lots of people ask us for tips on where to go on holiday. So look, this is us giving you tips because this place, the Martinar Resort in Sagres, it is bloody brilliant for kids, honestly. It really is. And we are now, as we said, feeling really guilty for not bringing them because there are playgrounds, there's creches, there's trampolines, there's amazing little touches like there's pushchair ramps on all of the staircases. I do think that the clown, so there was a clown that came... We were having a lovely lunch yesterday mm. and a clown came up behind Lottie <laughs> and her face. I mean, I could I think have done I without will have the clown. To, I think I have to. But the kids loved it. The kids loved the there clown. There were kids running around with the clown. And then also, I must add as well, we went for dinner last night and the food here is amazing. But we went for dinner last night and every single table had a high chair. Mm. So there's Lottie and I sitting, eating a dinner her a romantic dinner for two. A romantic dinner for two with a couple of high chairs just, just to highlight. Just chairs next to us. <laughs> just <laughs> emphasising the fact that we deserted our children at home. But how good was the menu for kids? I mean, it was great for adults, but we, I mean, this is the thing about being a parent. Like, you're always thinking about your kids on holiday, even if they're not there. And we were both like, oh, look at all the choices for the kids' food. The purees. The pure, there's like an organic homemade puree menu, which I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. I've never seen, I've never seen that anywhere before. To the point where I felt like maybe we should have just ordered, maybe tonight should we should order Should we order one? a couple of baby purees? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, people think, we're, already think we're like the odd couple. Um, we're going to be telling you more about the Martinal Sagres later in the show. It is thanks to them that we are bringing you this episode. But first... Stu, mm-hmm. on the subject of queer family holidays, tell me about the best one that you've been on, and then could you tell me about not necessarily the worst, because I'm sure you've not been on like a terrible family holiday, but maybe you've had a bad moment on a holiday. Ooh, the best. Start with the positive. Yeah. yeah, the positive. I mean, I think we're quite lucky. We like to go on a lot of holidays, actually. Mm-hmm. John and I, my husband, we always love we just love holidays i think gays do love a holiday i think we're known for well you know we have I to work so hard at like, being gay like all we the just time. like we to get away and be out there and just live our best life in the sun so when we had kids i think that's kind of followed through as it were i think mm. we just we're not worried about we've never been worried about taking kids on like long adventures like we've done you are really adventurous i've got to say like when you took them to cuba was it last year yeah we went I to was cuba like, i'm not sure i would do that and i've only got one so we did three. cuba and la in the space of six months which meant that we spent approximately returning to and from about 60 hours on a flight with mm. the kids <laughs> wow. Do I think about it like that? Have I got my maths right? Yeah, that's right. Don't ask me. I'm the it's one about, to ask about maths. Yeah, anyway. Somebody correct me on that. But I, but they were fine. And we just dealt with it and we just did it. But I think my best holiday with the kids has been... We went to Mallorca mm-hmm. and we just had an amazing villa. And actually, this is what I would say I really like to do as a queer family is is like go to a private kind of like villa mm-hmm. and have a bit of space to yourself 
and not have to then worry about other people not have to worry about judgy eyes not have to worry about whether the people you're going to be with are going to be maybe a bit homophobic or stuff like like check. you don't even have to like do the whole check-in thing no no you just have to just you just turn up and you can just be you but the one of the big pluses to that is obviously you can put them to bed in the evening and then just have a lovely evening out on the terrace having a meal to yourself or or sitting by the pool reading your book in silence which is what me and my husband do Mm, quite a lot of the time so nice it is nice but then i do miss a holiday in a hotel as well i think coming here has made me really feel that yeah like it's because there's so much space actually i think if you choose the right hotel where you can have space away from other people i mean you know me a lot i don't like to like mix with other people the no best of oh <laughs> it was quite funny when we came here i was like to Stu, let's not talk to any children like we're away from the kids i know we're going to a family friendly hotel but i don't want to interact with a single child and then <laughs> i just i love kids really and i love talking to kids so there was this kid you in the pool there. and i was like i just got a chat to her because she'd been in the pool for like two hours or something she was doing really good swimming she was about six I was like, you're really good at swimming. When did you start learning? And she just looked at me like, <laughs> who is this person talking to me? And then her dad came over and was like... I thought she was, I, I thought she was European or something. No, she was British. She and then the dad like, came over and was like... No, but like, that's what I thought in the moment. Because oh, right, yeah, like, she, she just like so blank face at you. And then she, the dad was like, sorry, she just doesn't like talking to strangers and I was like oh okay you're fine but you had a really lovely chat with him I did speak to him then I was like oh I was the same when I was a kid I swam away on purpose yeah you were just like like, I don't want anything it's like John John gets into conversations with people on holiday and I'm like I'm just walking away because (laughs) I do not (laughs) do not want to get into any conversation with somebody when we're away Um, but I think Jenny and I and our daughter we're more like hotel people I think partly Mm. because one of the perks of my wife's job is that um we get to travel to some amazing hotels because she reviews hotels which is obviously amazing um but what i like about staying in a hotel is or more i'll put it this way what i don't like about staying in a villa is that you have to do the housework and you Mm. have to do the cooking and when i'm on holiday i don't want to touch a bin i don't (laughs) want to touch you know a rag for cleaning i'm on holiday yeah. I just want to have somebody else do that for me. And I want to turn down service and I want a little chocolate on my pillow. Oh, you got that today, didn't you? I did. I got the chocolate. Got um, the chocolate turn down. And I like a resort which has got a kids club like this one where there's loads of crash things to as do. Well. There's a crash. Um, but maybe it's easier when you've got one kid because maybe when you've got more than one, the Thing, the different ages of the kids like they want to do different things in the day but that's actually another thing that's good about this place is that the activities for the kids are like you could for, there's like this little village square area where there's like these big trampolines you can bounce on there's a cafe there's a bar there is a bar a next to the trampoline yeah can i just add that's the most Which important thing so, so you can go to the bar have a rosé whilst watching the kids yeah. bounce their life away and not have to worry. Which is actually really well thought out. Like, someone's really put thought into that. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I would say we're more family. Mm. Family-friendly. And I think our best holiday Yeah, what's your been best one? Um, probably Ibiza. We went off-season. We went in spring. And they're so lovely with kids over there. We didn't have a single, like, you know, raised eyebrow or confused look. We just... 
everybody just seemed to get it. They seemed to get that we were a family and my daughter just was living her best life. It was it was great. It was actually the scene of, of one of our funniest moments that I think I've written about in our newsletter and also have written about in an article. So forgive me if you've read this anecdote before, but um, we ordered room service. We ordered the, the kid room service and the waiter delivered it. And she was just in this funny place of like exploring the idea of daddy. And she said to the waiter, because um, I was like, say thank you. And so she went, thank you, daddy. And the guy was like, oh my God. And then as he was backing out of the room, she went, I love you, daddy. Oh my gosh. And me and Jenny were in hysterics. So obviously we'd never ordered room service again. Um, but yeah, Steve, I, I asked you about your bad moment as well. And then I forgot to Oh, to bring it up. down. Bring Sorry. it down. What's, I know you've got a good story, haven't you, about... You do, I, yeah, you know I do, because I've written people. about it in the book, which, listener, if you haven't got, it's The Queer Parent. Yes, it's out now, now and available at all good bookstores. But yes, um, we went to, as you said, we went to Cuba. Loved Cuba. And one of the reasons, actually, we particularly picked Cuba was because the Caribbean isn't known for being very LGBTQ plus friendly. Um, or LGBTQA, LGBT, as well as I've I've loved on the meme that's gone viral, oh, so which I will share. Um, it's not known for being queer friendly, the Caribbean, but Cuba actually is one of the countries within the Caribbean that um, I I don't think stones us to death. <laughs> but I don't have the facts in front of me. That's but a start. It was isn't it? definitely it was definitely fine on the on the legal side of yeah. things. And so we went there and we were having a lovely time. But I think what you don't anticipate sometimes and what mm. you, you can't predict as a queer family is the people who go there. Yeah. So whilst the locals and the people who run the hotels and the places there, etc., are very LGBTQ plus friendly, in this case, there was a group, there was, Cuba is very popular with the Russians. Mm. And I don't want to just suddenly because I've got a few Russian friends, and I don't want to just suddenly like paint a whole generalized. But let's face it, Russia's not, not the known. most progressive of countries. Russia's not known for it. I think that is fair in its laws and everything. And there was a group of Russian ladies, and they were having their lunch. And I was having the lunch with the kids. My husband was down by the beach, topping up his tan, leathering his skin. Mm, he, he does, does have does. a great tan. He does. And I was sitting there with the kids on my own, we were having lunch and having a really nice time and they were laughing, giggling. It was one of those really like halcyon, lovely mm. holiday moments. Dad. Yeah. And the ladies were looking at us and smiling and laughing. And then they said, oh, we love your children. I'm not going to do a Russian accent, but they were like, we love your <laughs> children. They're beautiful. Um, where's their mum? Like you must be so proud of them. You and you and your wife must be so proud mm-hmm. of them. And I was like, ah, where do I go here? And I just, I just went. Oh yeah, my husband and I. He's down on the beach. Like we, their dad. We love them so much. Mm. Their faces just mm. like dropped, and they were mid lunch, and they put down their knives and forks. Oh. and stood up and without saying anything else just walked away and I was like okay 
that's how that's going to go. And I kind of, I think maybe I'd had a glass of wine, probably. I mean, it's holiday and I was at lunch. I mean, mm, you would have done. Normal days at home, it's lunchtime. <laughs> I had a glass of wine. But anyway, I, I think I just kind of brushed it off a bit. But actually, I think moving forward on that holiday, because there is a lot of Russian people there, I suddenly became very aware of us mm. as a family. And I became very... Like, I felt very vulnerable mm, that's in that so situation. Hard, it's like you'd really recommend that resort on every other level, but you, how can you know who's mm. going to be checking in? I, I, I think that was the last time we stayed in a hotel as a family. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I think that might have been the last time. Yeah. What about you? Like, I have think, you had a bad experience? Too, I wonder if, as two women, you slightly fly under the radar a bit less mm. with kids. Because you could be you, you could be friends could going be away, friends or like which again goes don't get me started like, on the whole gendered thing. Like why could not two male friends go away on a holiday oh, with yeah. the kids, but they don't. No. So I can understand exactly. So I think someone did in Ibiza actually. Someone did ask us, just like this random woman when we were checking in, not staff at the hotel. She was like, "Oh, is she yours?" because she'd seen her earlier with my wife and I was just like that's such a weird question to ask like is she yours like why Mm. does it matter to you complete stranger what my relationship is with this kid like why don't you just say something if you want to make conversation like I don't know anything else like how old is she or you know she she could tell obviously that we had a relationship like I wasn't a stranger to this child why did she feel like she like people f- feel like they need all of their like biases answered and that it's up to us to address them for them and it's like no sorry I'm on holiday actually and I'm not about to like explain myself to you um, this is true this is true and also I think it's just the whole process of traveling as well and we can get into this so I'm very excited mm, that yes. for the first time ever on our podcast we are going to be joined by one of the actual spouses. Sorry, you might be hearing binging and tinging, and that is actually literally her right now telling She's me. She's like, can I come in? Are you ready yet? Telling me that the, um, the, the kids are asleep because we're away and she's doing Perfect. bedtime, and normally um, I do bedtime. So we'll, we'll get all into it. We're talking about Jenny. Sorry, yes. We who were. Jenny, is my wife. Lottie's wife. Mrs. Yes. Jeffs. Well, she's Jenny Southern. Yeah, she is. And Jenny is an amazing travel expert. But we will we will get into it. But what I was going to say is we'll probably chat to her about it. But the other thing is like the logistics of things. Mm. So because we adopted our children, oh yeah, we had a different legal name to them before the adoption was legalized. and we went on holiday to Florida and my youngest didn't have his new passport yet we couldn't apply for it in time to be able to go away oh so you must have been really worried we were really worried but we've done this on so many other holidays even when the children have the same name as us have the Oakley name yeah we do worry because yeah it's two men traveling with children i don't know why it just made so when we were traveling with our youngest who was traveling with two men who had a completely different surname to him like hello trafficking oh god (laughs) and 
And actually, we did get stopped by customs in the UK on the way back, which I was surprised oh, you did? about. I thought it was. I thought it would be on the way to America. Right. But no, we got stopped by customs on the way back in, and she said, "Do you have any documentation and to like, show that yes, you were we the do. legal?" I was like, a "Bear whole with me." Folder. Here we go. Here is my Ziploc. Get yeah. it out. Here we are. Because um, we took all the, we took our, we took our civil partnership agreement. We took our birth certificates. We took his birth certificate. We took the adoption order. Wow. We, like we took a letter from the council that said she that, must have like, just been like, okay, just okay, go yeah, just go, just go. It's, it's like two o'clock in so the morning. You, go, go, go. Would you give a, that advice to other new adoptive parents? Would you say yeah. bring everything if you can? I would say it's easy to bring. Yeah. I think it gives you a good, like, I think it gives you like confidence and peace of mind yeah. that everything will be fine. And also, if you're traveling somewhere, just having that kind of documentation as well, yeah. I think can be really useful. It's good to just have it. If no one asks, mm. great. But then and not even it. from an adoption point of view, but I also feel from, you know, we were having this conversation with someone the other day about who'd gone through surrogacy. Yeah. And and had decided that the child was going to have his name not his husband's name and they weren't going to do double barreled so i think on like multiple levels or like i was saying when i was joking saying mrs jeff's Mm. that jenny is well we i think the first time we went on holiday with her when she was tiny we did bring everything we bought our marriage certificate we bought her birth certificate i don't know what that would have proved like it would have just proved that we were married and we were her parents I but guess. it gives you that confidence yeah nobody asked us for it but um yeah it's if if you can bring stuff i think especially early on whether you're a new adopter or you've ju- just got a newborn like it does just kind of give you as we said that peace of mind um but yeah jenny is going to be joining us and uh, she's going to be firstly telling us how annoying it is that i have gone away right when there are two uh, days of school strikes <laughs> we timed it perfectly yeah, well so... john texts me going they've so no so in addition to the school strikes in a typical suburban school oh, kind what? of environment john texts me this morning saying have you seen the email from the school there is a tree that they've deemed dangerous oh, and so they've closed the school on Friday he's like we could have come away with you for the long weekend I'm like oh, oh no you, you know how could you have predicted that there would have been a dangerous tree that needed to be felled <laughs> I mean that's a whole other thing to get into is like once your kids become school age how hard it is to actually go on holiday without getting in trouble with the school oh don't I told you my new idea oh yeah which maybe I should put out into the universe in this yeah. podcast and it might go help go and like, manifest project it. it I'll manifest I'm it I'm going to go and get a glass of rosé go and get a glass of rosé while manifest I tell the listener the about my um, the ice is in the in the sink by the way darling okay. so my idea is that why do schools not have a holiday policy like workplaces like have a holiday pl- uh, have a holiday pl- policy because we could have five say five days in the year where you could take your kids out of school and not be charged or not be fined or not be frowned upon to be able to take it and it's all built in Sorry, as part the of the curriculum there we go and the wine it's a bit of ASMR there yeah, for ASMR. you listeners. <laughs> 
Sorry to interrupt. So, but I was just saying to the listener, and now I'll say to you, yeah. what I was saying. <laughs> go on. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's like to go on holiday with Lottie yeah. and I. Is why do we not have a, like a holiday allowance? Mm. Just have a holiday allowance because a it's so expensive to go away in the, in oh, the summer it holidays, is ridiculous. and b it's just so expensive. <laughs> I think that's the that two things. The yeah, and busy. And well, busy as well. It can get really busy. Um, weirdly, well, not weirdly, interestingly, this hotel brand, Martin Hall, they have a school. Yeah, but is it? Is it so it? it's not like a school in the hotel. They, The people that run the hotel have opened a school, like an international school in Lisbon. I love that. It has, hang on, I've got it here. Opened it in September 2020. Over 530 students of 45 nationalities. That's cool. Like, imagine if other hotels opened schools. So, it goes to my theory, what about if, as well, hotels opened schools in their hotels that were part of the British national curriculum Mm. for British holidaygoers, and likewise you could do for other other destinations Mm. as well, where you can take your children away for a week they go to school while they're on holiday in the hotel school so and you, they keep and so you don't like they go to school but that's not really fair on them like oh we're going on well holiday, who cares who cares because then that is the best of both worlds <laughs> you go away instead of a kids club you send them actually into school so where they, they learn yeah and i bet it would be i feel fun. like there's some logistical things to iron out i'm this, gonna so. i'm gonna send this as a policy recommendation <laughs> who's the education <laughs> minister <laughs> who's the education he's minister he's had two vodka and pineapples listener he's on a roll who is the education um, minister i want to find them wait. i'm going to propose this we were saying that jenny's going to be joining us soon and um yes she is but first um we just are going to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor because Martin Hall Sagres and all of the other Martin Hall resorts have very kindly sponsored this episode. So I wanted to let you know that Martin Hall is a very well-known family-first luxury travel brand and they've got, I think, four resorts across Portugal. They've all got gorgeous family-friendly accommodation. We're currently sitting in one of the rooms, which... I would say is really family friendly because it's got a terrace rather than a balcony. Which and they have villas so here as well. Which yeah, they have like self-contained villas, which you can stay in the villa with your fam doing the cleaning. I'll stay in the hotel. No, turned down no, 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 because that's where it's perfect because you can stay in the villa and you have a cleaner come uh, in yeah, and you can go to the good. restaurant and get and your food perfect. done. Tick, 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 yeah. tick. Delicious food. Um, really, we've been enjoying Food's our lunches, really our pokey bowls, our lovely breakfast. It's been so nice. So then there's kids clubs, there's um, there's a baby concierge, which I hope isn't an actual baby that works the concierge desk. <laughs> I hope it means... It's very cute. Yeah. <laughs> like, where should I go for dinner tonight? <laughs> um, and they've got like really well-crafted and crea- curated leisure activities, like we were saying, like things where there's little areas where there's something for all ages. So you can kind of go there as a family. You don't have to sort of break off and like one parent takes the older one to this and the other one does the young takes the younger one to that there were things that you can all do together which i think is so nice um and most recently they've opened residences in lisbon for luxury long-term stays and i think that might be our next mini break because our stuff our, a mini break what? a long break a long break in this a long break if it's a luxury long-term stay yeah 
Like, I want to go longer than a weekend. Well, our literary agent has moved to Lisbon and just works from Lisbon now. I know a few people that actually have done that. Let's go. Let's do it. So, all the web links are in the show notes. And honestly, we're here, we're queer, we're on the ground, and we are doing all the hard work of exploring the queer family friendliness of this hotel for you and we can honestly say it's been fabulous it's been great we've had a great time right it's time to welcome my wife the founder and ceo of globetrender jenny we did 40 episodes of some families we've done about 18 episodes now from gay to z and we've never had one of our spouses on it. So now, here is Jenny, who is the, you have to correct me if I'm wrong with it, the CEO, the founder of Globetrender. Yes. Jenny, hello. Hi, so great to see you, to chat today. It's great to be here. So we've asked you to join us on the podcast today, Jenny, because you are the, the oracle of all things travel. Would you say that about yourself? Um, I probably wouldn't say it about myself, but I am a, yeah, I've been working as a travel journalist for over 15 years and I have uh, a company called Globe Trender, which is the UK's leading travel trend forecasting agency. So yeah, I've made it my mission to predict the future of travel, which is really fun and really, really interesting. The idea was to do a trend report which highlights key trends that will shape the future of travel for the LGBT community over the next few years. Queer family travel is our number one trend. Um, This is hugely significant because obviously, you know, I can provide some personal perspective on this trend, but more broadly and when you say and when you say trend jenny as well so does that mean that that's something that you're recognizing that either that consumers are doing more or that businesses and hotel operators are cottoning on to the fact that hey there's some queer families out there and they want to go on holiday like when you say trend where does that come mm, from yeah Good question. it's it's a great question and it's both really um so the looking at society especially in societies like ours in the UK, where uh, the laws allow for us to fairly easily, as queer people, have our own children. Um, you know, we are millennials and we're, we're of the age now that we can do that. And we're really the first generation to easily build our own families and have our own children. And um, so looking at society, you can see that this is a trend that's happening. There are more and more queer families in the world, which is a a wonderful thing. And of course, you know, we all want to go on holiday. We all want to travel. We may even need to travel for work with our kids sometimes. So queer family travel is a new trend when you're looking at society, but it's also a new, relatively new trend when it comes to consumer behaviour and how travel companies and tourist boards and airlines are consequently needing to respond. So, Mm. um, I've got some... So what are some of the things... Yeah, sorry, Jenny. What are some of the things that, like, you're suggesting that hotels can do to be a bit more welcoming to queer families when they travel? And I think our listeners would be interested to know how this might improve their experience. 
Yeah, I think the number one thing to recognise, and I'm sure most of your listeners will be able to appreciate this, um, but when you're travelling as a queer as a queer couple or a queer parent with with a child, especially a younger child, you tend to be outed by them all the time, and you have to be confident that that isn't going to be a problem for you when you're abroad. Um, you have to be you know exist in an out and proud state all the time and be fairly confident that the people around you in the resort or in the destination in general hopefully aren't going to be uh, raising their eyebrows or you're not going to get any issues so that means that the way you plan your travel is quite different it certainly is for me compared to how I would plan a trip on my own or even with you Lottie when we're we were Mm. traveling as a couple Um, it rules out a lot of destinations globally Um, there are about 34 destinations around the world where um, gay marriage is legal and I would say they're probably a good starting point when planning a holiday as a queer family uh, because you you know if, if if gay marriage is legal there then they're probably going to be far more progressive generally is there a way of, is there somewhere that you that our listener can if they're thinking about but traveling somewhere that they can look up that list is there that mm. kind of resource available yeah you'd be surprised it's actually quite hard to find out um this information um there is a website called Asher and Lyric who have done an index of uh, LGBTQ friendly countries. Gay Times also has an index uh, and I think there's a website called Equal Dex that you can google the name of the country and type that in and it will come up with um, uh, information about whether you can get married there and it will provide some information but um, yeah, downloading the trend report will give you a good good overview of, of these countries. Uh, and I, I think there will certainly be, you know, if you look at where, you know, the biggest pride festivals are and things like that, they're also a good indicator of how mm. comfortable you'll likely be in that destination. But it's, it's really worth, you know, you need to do your research, I think, as a queer parent before you go on holiday. But like, what are we looking for from hotels in terms of feeling, like what does feeling welcomed as a queer family at a hotel actually look like? Mm. I mean, in many ways, you just want to be treated like everybody else, don't you? Yeah. Um, I think the general approach should be that staff are trained not to make assumptions that everyone that walks in is going to be mum dad you know they need to understand that families look different and and to um maybe check in advance as to who's who you know if you if it's two mums coming in who's mummy who's mama um a little bit of extra sensitivity um that would be amazing wouldn't it Stu like imagine if you checked into a hotel with your family and they were like hi welcome Oakley's okay we've got two dads here what should we be called who's the Mm. daddy who's dad like just a little something like that would be like almost mind-blowing because of how unlikely it is to ever really happen somebody yeah but then do you think that people were nervous that they're then making the wrong assumption that actually we're not dad and daddy or that it was do you know what I mean it's it's I can understand how difficult it is for them to potentially and that also goes into the whole you know pronouns and how people identify as well right and it's it's a bit of a a minefield I guess but I suppose maybe should there be like a form or something that you fill in before 
you check in like do you think do you advise that Jenny for like the hotel brands you work with that maybe they could send guests a kind of pre-check-in form I do to think sort so of... I do think that's a good idea there is a, a wider trend for personalization of the stays especially at the higher you know in luxury hotels especially but there's no reason why it can't be done at more affordable hotels as well where you simply you know fill in some information about yourself as a guest um, and they ask those questions about how you like to be referred to and who's coming who's staying you know you will often get asked or how old is your child things like that so it's just eliciting that extra information so that they can personalize that stay a bit better for you it Mm. actually doesn't take that much and I I spoke to a hotelier yesterday who said they got rid of um, you know the gendered bathrobes and slippers in the room and it's just one size for everybody which I thought you know Mm. it's actually just it's a simple thing but actually can make a difference um yeah but I do think those things do make a difference and it's just like you say it's those subtle things isn't it to add to the experience as it were Mm. yeah and I think you know if it if it is a hotel that has provided training to their staff and is particularly welcoming and you know I think it's a nice it's important for them to try and demonstrate this through through their website you know maybe there's a tab for you know just as many websites have a tab on their website for sustainability they could have a tab for inclusivity and talk about mm-hmm. everything that they offer to so that as would actually a consumer, make such a difference yeah you, it, you see you that it's looking. very visible and you have that mm-hmm. reassurance ahead of time uh, because a lot of the time you're taking a, a leap, aren't you? You don't quite know what your experience is going to get be when you get there. You hope it's going to be good mm. and you hope that the, the hotel looks like the right kind of place and the right kind of destination. But if you've kind of got that assurance very clearly spelled out on the website, that is really going to win bookings, I think. I think so, definitely. And just like a sense that when you walk through the door of the hotel you're going to be welcome there as a queer family. And, like, I know just, like, slapping a rainbow on something isn't the solution. Obviously, they need to have the training and everything behind it, and they need to be genuinely genuinely um, LGBT-friendly. But I do feel like a little rainbow flag on a reception desk yeah. does go quite a long way in just, like, if you know, mm. you know. And it's just, like, exactly. a little smile you know it doesn't take much either do you mean a little little smile and a wink with the receptionist oh oh, hi hi. i know that you know that i know okay (laughs) (laughs) and jenny what would be the more like practical elements you'd say of traveling as a queer family okay so one piece of advice i would give is to really carefully check your passport issue date oh yeah as well as you had this recently date. didn't you yeah she so i had a really disastrous experience i was due to fly to france on my own with my daughter um we got to the gate at gatwick airport ready to board uh all the snacks for the plane you know boarding passes at the ready they scanned my passport at the gate and said no, sorry, you're not allowed on the plane, your passport's expired. And my daughter immediately burst into tears and was saying, oh please, 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 I want to see Granny and Pappy, please. It's our holiday. And um, 
no, my passport had expired, even though it showed that it was valid till November 2023, what happened was because yeah, my how does that work passport, my passport was issued, um, you know, just over 10 years ago. And what happened then was before Brexit, if your old passport still had a few months of validity left on it, they would add those months onto your new passport. So my passport had 10 years and 10 months of validity on it. Uh, After Brexit, those extra months uh, on your passport no longer counted. I have no idea why they decided to make that the case. Uh, so it's, compl- it's so difficult for people. So not only do you often need at least three or six months of validity yeah. on your passport before you travel anyway to the destination, but you could also have this to factor in. So you've got to make sure that you yeah, do your research because it's a really hard and difficult rule to explain. But it's just for Europe, right? Do. No, no, this is... Oh, yeah, that's... Uh, the 10-year the, the thing. 10-year, 10 months. It's a Brexit it's, thing. Yeah, the travel to Europe. Because exactly. you went to the States because, fine on that passport. Exactly. I, just a couple of weeks before I'd been to the US without a problem, which is why it just didn't really register. Um, so, yeah, you need to be really, really careful about that and check your child's passport as well. And and actually, it can take a long time. It can take a long time to get a new passport. I mean, there have been a lot of um, delays, but... Yeah, just check your passport basically, and don't leave it to the last minute to get a new one or to apply for a passport. No, because that child. stress allow is, lots of time. Yeah, because that stress is quite intense. Mm-hmm. And also, exactly. what are your tips, Jean? Well, I'm going to save my tips for our next episode because on our okay. next episode we are going to be getting some tips from the community, and we are going to be sharing some of the tips and tricks for queer family travel uh, from our listeners. So I think I'll wait till then to to share some of mine, I would say. The Oakley, you guys are pros. Like I always just think <laughs> that you, your holidays always look so amazing. You always end up going to like brilliant places, finding great places to stay. You always make it look so easy. Like I remember your Instagram, like you were setting off at like three in the morning to get to Gatwick, to go to Greece, oh, and then God, you had to get a boat. Painful. But it all just looks so seamless. And you just do it. You've got such an adventurous spirit. So I'm looking forward to hearing Well, I think your, if I was um, to give one tiny, tip. tiny tip now, it's just be adventurous. I don't think... I don't. I think people get scared that because you have kids, you can't... You can no longer be adventurous. I think as long as you plan and prep and make sure everyone's safe, then just go for it. And just, you know, if there's a destination you desperately want to go to and it's within budget then do it don't be put off by oh there might be a multiple boat trip or maybe there's two flights or maybe that it's like you know what you'll get there in the end and I think also the more you travel with children see I am giving my tips now but the more you travel with children (laughs) the better they are at traveling as well um because they're quite yeah. used to it and they become seasoned travellers themselves, I would say. But I will hold all that for our next episode. Yes, tell us more next week. Well, Jenny, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Jen, it's been so lovely. I mean, obviously, I know you very well, but it's been nice to share a bit of you, as it were, uh, with our listener <laughs> and your amazing knowledge of queer travel. 
Thanks, Thanks so Jenny. much for having me. Make us a cup of tea, would you? <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to be back next week with a very special episode, as I said, where we will be getting your tips and tricks on queer family travel. So do follow us at From Gay to Z. And thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye.